I'm Sandra. Hi, I'm Carrie. And we are the Scarillions. So, guess who we are interviewing today? Carrie, can you tell them? Yeah, amazing. Stephen Edwards. Film composer. TV composer. Producer. Co-owner of M-Vibe and an all-around really cool guy. Yep. So here's a little clip of our amazing, fantastic, wonderful interview. Yeah, so the constant is the picture, right? Because the picture's... So I always know that I have a timing to write to, which can help determine tempo, mood, orchestration, melody, all that stuff that we musician geeks can relate to, right? Yeah, well, music sets, sets the emotion. It sets the tempo of the whole movie. And if the music is... Oftentimes, I feel movies kind of go floppy. Whereas, well, remember, we're, we're in a two-dimensional medium with, and we've got, a, we've got a screen that's flat. You know, if you go to a play, you're surrounded by people and they're walking towards you and walking away from you. But, yeah. you know, with, with movies, it's a flat screen. So what music does, one of the things it does is, is it adds dimension. It adds, it adds that three-dimensional sound. You know, it adds, you're being surrounded by sound. So, you know, you take music out of a movie, it looks like a, in a lot of cases, it'll look like a badly edited, edited student film. And you put, you know, you put music in, it's, char- it's a character in the movie, just like an actor is a character. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're supposed to say subscribe. Hey, subscribe. (laughs) Click the button. Please subscribe. Would you subscribe? We would love to have you subscribe. It would make us so happy. Joy, happiness. (laughs) Hello. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? There's some screaming divas. You got some squirming divas. (laughs) Is that a shot of tequila right there? It, no, no, it's, it's it is our water. new gym, <laughs> which is You're our new sponsor. You guys are so much better equipped than I am. I'm kind of embarrassed right now. Uh, no, it's 10, isn't it 10 a.m. out there? My Chris wanted to say, hey, hey. How are you doing? Nice to see you. Good to see you too, bud. How you been? I was good. I was in your town last week for about 18 hours. <laughs> Just and I record, re- huh? recorded 26 strings with masks. Whoa. And, um, I was at, uh, what was the name of that studio in, um, um, oh my God. Uh, it's in Franklin. Um, Paragon. What? Oh, Paragon. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, How's, how, was, uh, how was traveling in COVID? Yeah, how's that, how's that doing? Um, it was okay. It was, uh, let's see, I did, I took my daughter to Dallas. My daughter's a freshman at SMU. So I took oh. her and moved her in. Wow. And now she might be moving back because they might be shutting the whole campus down. It's just a trash fire. Oh, just, wow. <laughs> 50 kids have COVID and they said at 115, they shut the whole campus down and sent everybody home. So oh, wow. she's literally been there for six days. So oh. it's like, oh. Is she nervous? Is she okay with it? Does she want to leave? Um, it's, it's, the tide is kind of turning. She's kind of like, I want to get out of there. I don't want to get COVID. So that's <laughs> kind of changing really quick. And it's really sad for a freshman in college, freshman experience. Yeah. Yeah, it's the worst. So, but then we flew to uh, Dallas and flew from Dallas to Nashville. It was an hour flight, you know, hour and something minutes, and the planes were about a third full. Um, Okay, that's not bad. So you just kind of deal. Yeah. So. And the recording, everything went fine. I mean, you felt fine being in there with the masks and all that kind of stuff. Felt fine being there with masks. It's you know, if you think about it, you guys have worked with conductors like. There's a fair amount of expression that happens below your nose. <laughs> you know, and I'm doing this with 26 strings and everybody's spread out all over the room. But, you know, they, they just played great. They really, you know, had great rapport. Um, the artist that I was working for was in Nashville. He was on Zoom. Sorry, he was in Palm Springs on Zoom. So we were all in Nashville and it just kind of all worked out. So Awesome. awesome. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Love it. Well, it was good to see you. I'll let you guys be. All right, buddy. Cheers. Cheers. Hi. Um, we've never met actually in person. We've just talked through emails. That's correct. Um, so hi. Hello. <laughs> and this is my really good friend, Sandra. Sandra, this is Keenan. Sandra, where are you? I am in Canada. I'm uh, outside of Toronto. Oh, outside of Toronto. God bless you. 
Did you get that? I grew up in Michigan, so Toronto was our cosmopolitan city go-to. But I grew up in LA, play. so there you go. Okay. All right. Fair I went enough. to college at USC and UCLA because why not go to both? <laughs> I live I live six minutes from UCLA campus, so. Whoa. Cool. There you are. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're back in you're back in LA now. I am back in LA. I am indeed. Did you have to record in Nashville because you can't record in California right now? Well, we did try to do it in LA and AB5. There's some law stuff that's kind of making it very difficult right now for musicians. And not you know the fact that musicians are just as you don't need me to tell you. I'm preaching to the choir literally here. Musicians are just getting killed. Yeah. And so the logistics for recording with strings here was just a little bit tricky for us. And so we defaulted to Nashville. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. We're allowed to do it here. Yeah. Because we're yeah. crazy. <laughs> Nashville was jamming. They had another session the same day. Yeah. With mine. And they're, they're working. They're doing video games. They're just cranking there. So, yeah. Yeah. Was this, for, was this for TV, for film? This is a, a record. A uh, debut album for an artist, a friend of mine, and so we. I did all the string charts and piano playing, and basically advising him and helping him. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, was, go ahead. Was this one of your first things back uh, after the pandemic, or have you been working through it? I've been working every. I've been working seven days a week. It's crazy. Um, it's just because of M Five, which Carrie knows about. Um, that's keeping us busy like we were on a Zoom call today because now it's Christmas season. Have you guys seen your first Christmas ad yet? Exactly. They are putting Christmas decorations in the stores up here. Yeah, yeah, it's it's on. It's like well, our Thanksgiving is, is a month earlier than than US Thanksgiving. So it's always that way anyway, but it's like a month early. Yeah. I saw my first print ad for Christmas in Parade magazine yesterday. It's like, geez, give us a rest. Come on, come on. We're not even in September yet. Like oh. I, I do Christmas music every year and it's usually when it's the hottest in LA I'm doing Christmas music. You know? It's like, you know, the song, uh, the Christmas song that uh, Chestnuts Roasted and Unput Fire, that was written in LA on like okay. one of the hottest record days. And so they're like, Yeah, Chestnuts Roasted and Unput Fire, Jack Frost nipping at your nose because they're so hot and so uncomfortable. Mel Torme co wrote it. And his his estate is still getting paid for it. So, I love it. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. So, so M Vibe is your own company. That... I'm one of the, the co-founders. Okay. Yep. Okay. My idea. Um, so, and then I took on a couple guys, and then um, Mr. Jaffe has been um, amazing for us, and a few other folks. And we were based in Nashville, and then we moved operations back to LA. And so now, you know, during COVID, it's kind of like it's in sleep mode, but we're still working. You know, and uh, we're hoping that the you know, the amount of business, you know, when the production starts to ramp up comes back. So well, it's a really cool idea. And the idea, if I'm, if I heard this correctly, stemmed out of actually what you, part of what you do, it's a part yeah. of you, you do this huge picture of stuff, which we really wanted to talk to you about, as well as how some of those industries that industries that you work for are, have been affected. And are you still doing things for them? in these five months that we've all been locked down. So yeah. I don't know where you want to start. Do you want to start about you and your training? Do you want to start uh, what you do? Yeah, or you can fire questions at me. I mean, you, my basic Reader's Digest condensed version is I'm trained as a classical piano player. Okay. Uh, and I went to, you know, I went to Interlochen when I was a kid. And then I, uh, I grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where the university okay. is. And my mother was a choir director and my father was a book printer. So Cool. When I was a little kid, he printed all of the Peters edition music. So he would walk in the house with one day with a John Cage, you know, tablature score. And the next day with Bach well-tempered clavier for the sixth time because they kept reprinting it. <laughs> and um, my grandfather was friends with a guy called Walter Heinrichsen. And Walter Heinrichsen was a German Jew who was, um, who published the original Bach, Beethoven and Mozart Gesellschaft. I don't know if you know about the Gesellschaft. Wow. which is basically if you go into any college library, there's a huge, you know, Mozart and Bach and, and Brahms too, I think. Yeah, Mozart, Bach, Beethoven and Brahms, complete works. So it's like a shelf that's 25 feet long. And if you go into your library in Nashville and you look at it, you'll see the spine and you look at the bottom and it says Edwards on the bottom. It's crazy. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I okay. kind of grew up getting this music and they're like, oh, that's interesting. And my mom was a... Uh, pretty accomplished musician and a 
a, a flutist and a pianist and a choir director. So okay. I was indoctrinated early. So then how did that transition from getting a classical degree um, in piano to what you do now? So um, when I was a senior at Lawrence, I got invited to audition for the Disney All-American College Orchestra, which is a, a now defunct group that they have where they would, they would do a nationwide talent search and they would bring 45 kids down to Orlando mm -hmm. and staff an orchestra of college kids and then they'd bring in guest artists every week. And so somehow through bribery and uh, whatever, I won the piano chair. So there was one piano chair, you know, okay. they got six fiddles, six seconds, four violas, four cellos, bass, full orchestra, brass, winds, strings, um, percussion. I auditioned so, for it. Did you really? I did. I was a flautist. You yeah. were? Okay. Get in. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. It, it made me it, choose singing, so yeah. You know what? It all, it's all worked out for you very nicely. Yes, it has. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so I, and then I, I went to, I went to Orlando and did this college thing. And then one of our guests was a guy called Mike Post. Mike Post is probably the most famous television composer, maybe of all time, still working in the seventies, still does the law and orders. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So Mike invited me out here to work for him. Yeah. Um, he was, he liked me and he thought I had potential and he thought I was nice. And so Mike gave me my first job in Hollywood. Wow. So working as a, as a session player. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Playing Which piano again, terrible. right? And keyboards, mostly mostly this technology stuff, you know, synthesizers and keyboards. Wow. And uh, so that was my, you know, and then I got to be around all the, you know, absolutely great, fantastic LA session players. And I got to know some of them. And then I realized I wanted to be on the other side of the glass. Okay. Writing the music. So that's kind of where, it, you know, and then here I am 20 something years later doing the same thing. Doing that. Well, when you, when you search you, and the things that you've written for, it's really, it's amazing. It's really I have to search myself actually now. It's getting to the point where did I work on that film? I, I had it happen the other day where like I have two songs in some movie and my girlfriend's daughter was watching the movie. I'm like, wait a minute, I think I have a song in there. And of course I did. But you have like, to, you know, some of them are under different names. Yes, they are. I have twelve pseudonyms. Uh, which is uh, so the the short version of that is I started a music library. So a music library is basically a I have 75 CDs in this library and it's, um, we it's, so it's basically uh, production companies worldwide can license my music. Like it's Christmas music, it's full symphonic orchestra stuff, it's Tyrolean bagpipe music, it's, it's all, you know, different kinds of genres. So I've really, I'm pretty eclectic in the genres I write in. Okay. And when I founded it in 2001, my, the person that was representing me was slightly concerned that there'd be a rap track written by Stephen Edwards and a full symphonic orchestra track oh, and a country God. song and a, um, you know, an action cue and um, an accordion cue all mm -hmm. by the same guy because people tend to get snobby about who wrote stuff. So I made up, so Danny Camaro writes my rock music. Um, mm -hmm. You know, um, what's his name? Um, Wolfgang Hemmler writes the horror music. Because I watched the movie Ava the other night, and I was doing the search on on you on IMDb, and it says Stephen Edwards as blah 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 wrote a song. Yeah. Well, yeah, there you go. Homer Greencastle, right? <laughs> my forties, uh, you know, big band stuff. Homer Greencastle has his own IMDb page. So that's I, hilarious. So, like, so I did this movie like, oh gosh, over ten years ago now, and the director fired me, and it was it was really upsetting and it was like so annoying so unbeknownst to me the director calls the rep my rep who who reps my catalog right and he says you know i really love this homer greencastle guy do you have any other songs by him not knowing that he just fired me the same guy i was like thanks a lot you know <laughs> you love so, our business isn't it a great business it's just like really you know I, I like to think that they think we're experts at what we do. Mm -hmm. That's that's when it's fun when they actually trust us. Yeah, right. Be it a, as a vocalist, as a musician, as a composer, whatever. So, anyway, super true. Super true. Yeah. War stories. I read that you prefer Steinway pianos. Mm -hmm. How many do you have? There's one of them right there. See it? <laughs> and how many and why? Um. I'm so, I have, let's see, how many do I have? One, two, three, four, five. 
and I have three on my property. So I have this one here, mm -hmm. which is an amazing instrument. I don't know if you could see the, the cool. Yeah. yeah. So this is a 1999 um, Steinway A, and it was designed by a guy, a guy called D Dakota Jackson, who is um, a famous sculptor and Steinway for the 300th anniversary of the invention of the piano commissioned him oh, and then cool. made a limited edition 300 of these. And it's a fantastic instrument, like just Good luminous. sound, good action. Oh, it's, it's beyond space and time, great. Cool. So every piano. I mean, that's my main recording instrument. And then in the house, I have a 1904 upright. Oh, fun. Which is like a, a cool, fun, banging instrument. And then I have wow. a 1916 Model O, which is a 5 foot 10. Wow. Okay. So, All different sounds, right? Oh, yeah. They're as different as the day is long. Yeah. I prefer Steinways, too. Yeah. It's just, I like a warmer sound. And I find Steinway has that a richer, fuller sound. It's not the tinny sound that you get with the other pianos. Right, right. If, if Steinway's out there listening, they can, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, also Steinway is really the only investment grade piano in my mind where you buy it and it actually holds its value. And so, um, you know, I've been now I get into the fun stuff where I like help families find them and I go to, you know, I look at um, estate sales and once in a while I'll buy or sell one um, just for fun, you know. That's cool. I love yeah, that. it's neat. It's a hobby. My bucket list is to do a tour of Steinway when they open back up because you know, they, they have a factory in the story of Queens. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, and they do a tour, they do a tour every, one Monday a month that you have to sign up for like a year in advance and then you wow. can do the tour. So I want to do it. That's cool. Yeah, it's cool stuff. So then can we circle back into MVibe and why you, because I think MVibe is really cool, especially why you did it. So, yeah. so can we circle back into yeah. MVibe? So what happened was I kept getting hired to um, re-record masters uh, for uh, film and TV and the the variety of stuff I've done is really kind of crazy like was it last year the year before last a supervisor called me and they said well we want to use the score from uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory the original and we want to use three cues but we can't clear the master so would you mind re-recording it I'm like sure so I mean this is pure imagination this is like the songs that we listened to when we were kids right and it had to be uh, customized to a piece of footage. So we had, I had to time it such that it, you know, it matched okay. visually what was going on. Mm -hmm. And then I had two days to do it and to have it recorded with full orchestra. So then the challenge was to find a group that was available, you know, because right. usually they book a couple of weeks. Like we booked this Nashville gig probably uh -huh. three weeks ago. Okay. Right. Why two days? So we ended up finding an orchestra in Atlanta that was available and we piggybacked on their session and we, it was like a minute and 35 seconds of music. So it was nothing. And I was in Hawaii on vacation doing the whole thing. <laughs> so I'm sitting here on my laptop, the same one, mm -hmm. you know, they had a conductor there and I was like, okay, you know, measure 45, the strings are, you know, can you bring the violins down a couple dynamics? Like I produced the session from the big Island. Crazy. And it got, you know, we sent it right, they mixed it live, sent it to the stage, dubbed it in. It was for, um, I'm pretty sure it was for Marvis Mrs. Maisel. The, uh, oh, Amazon. yeah. No, oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So they, they couldn't clear the master. So the, either there was probably a union issue. Oh. Um, I'm not sure. Okay. Well, that's so like it was a, little, a literal emergency. Wow. Musical I, I, I wanted to sing something once and it was still under copyright. Yeah. Said, you, you can't do that on a concert because we can't get all the orchestra parts. Right, right, right. Oh. Yeah. So anyway, so back to MVibe. So I kept getting asked to do this and I'm thinking, well, they're asking little old me to do it. Why don't they have a clearinghouse where they can find the master recording? So oh. and again, it happened like last year where another, where there was a Netflix movie that wanted to clear the rights to a Tom Jones, It's Not Unusual. Oh. And so they didn't, they couldn't get the master. I don't know if it was for creative reasons or whatever, but they got the publishing rights, but not the recording rights. Mm -hmm. So again, on a panic, they hired me and I just basically recut the song. And I'm thinking, well, and they actually, what's, what also was interesting is they found a version of the song that they really liked, some guy on Spotify. Yeah. And they emailed them. They said, we want to license your song. Will you take $10,000 for the use? I'm like, kidding? Like, yeah. yeah. And, and he didn't respond. 
So that guy lost that license. He'll probably never, ever get asked again. That's horrible. That's why they called me. And I'm thinking, that's not right. Not, no. you know, an artist that spends money making their own music should have a right to exploit it and get paid for it. Yeah. And why don't they have a place where they can go, where they can have their music and we can do the deal for them. And then we just make a deal like, okay, we'll take 30%. You get the other 70 and it's still yours. It still belongs to you. We're just broker it for you. Right. And we'll pay you too. We'll, we'll go to the supervisor and say, Hey, look, we've got this, you know, we've got this cool seventies stuff where we've got reimagined versions of songs. Right. You know, wow. if you, a, st a string quartet version of a Britney Spears song. Cool. Or, you know, a giant classical catalog or Christmas. Today was our, our zoom call was about Christmas because all the productions, all the Hallmark movies are now gearing up and they need to, you know, they, their appetite for Christmas is just endless. Christmas is a gift that keeps on giving it's literally evergreen. Yeah. And this year, especially I bet because people need that hope yeah. and that yep. feel good kind of stuff. And I, I think almost every year I do a Christmas album. Like I did an album of um, solo piano Christmas. Last year I did an album of big band Frank Sinatra crooner Christmas. Cool. Which wow. is really fun. The guy's 78 years old and absolutely just just knocks it out of the park. He's like a spleen singer, you know, one of those guys that walks in the room and he's got yeah. that attitude and he just just crushes it. So, you know, and I did uh, like a Stefan Grappelli left bank French jazz thing, oh, you, know, cool. the, you know, the sort of Django Reinhardt sound. Love that. All Christmas stuff, all PD Christmas stuff. So. So this world is, is <clears throat> excuse me, I just was singing for an hour and a half, so I was surprised. <laughs> um, this world is really foreign to us. I, I'll say for me, I don't know about Carrie, if, you, if you're familiar with it, but how does, how does, how do you start from beginning to the end of a project? How does that start? Who calls you? How, how do you make the music? Do you see the movie first? Well, I'll just talk about this movie. I'm just finishing. I'm still, I, I'm still actually doing a couple little things. I'm doing a teen horror flick. Um, they keep changing the title. It's called Linked right now, L-A-N-K-E-D. Mm -hmm. And so in this case, the picture editor is a friend of mine. And I have done, I've done two previous movies with him and, it, and everybody was really happy. So he said to the director, you should talk to this guy, Edwards. He'll do a great job. And so he had one call with me. He's like, okay, let's have him do it. And I'd never, I still, fi I finally met the director for the first time last week. Cause you know, we're doing everything via zoom, all via remote. Whoa. Okay. And so then they've got their picture. They've, they've cut the movie. So my editor friend cut the movie down pretty much to where the final picture is. So when I got a hold of it, it was pretty much locked. And, uh, and then I write my cues to the visuals, right? So the timing of, of the music I write is, is the constant is the film. So at 10 seconds into the film, somebody gets stabbed, you know, and at, at 45 seconds in, they're in a car talking, you know, and at a minute and 27 seconds in, the girl says to the guy, I've always loved you and I want to be with you. You know what I mean? Like there's mood changes, there's pace changes, there's stuff going on that um, audience follows and then with music music is definitely the you know the compliment the it's the greek chorus it's yeah. it you know, makes the picture editors cuts look like they're inevitable yeah so i write cues i record them back to picture and then i in this case because he doesn't usually he just comes over and sits on my couch and watches them and tells mm -hmm. tells me what he thinks but in this case i just made cues and i sent him a quick time movie and he watches at home and says oh i love this love this change this take the music out here so Cool. You have liberty. You you decide where the music goes in. They don't say, hey, we want music here, here, and here. No. Um, usually, well, in this case, in this movie, I did sort of spot it, which we, we call spotting it, because the most important decision we make musically is where the music goes in and where the music goes out. Um, but in this case, I, I sort of decided, and he actually came in and pulled rank a couple times. He goes, you know, I want the cue to completely drop out here, and then I want it to come back there. But okay. in almost, I would say, 98% of this score, he approved where I started and where I stopped. So, but sometimes we'll do what's called a spotting session and we'll watch the movie and you go, okay, it should come in right here on the cut to the, uh, you know, the driveway and it should go out when, you know, after the body falls or whatever, or after somebody's stabbed or after okay. the love scene's over or whatever. So. Gotcha. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So the constant is the picture, right? Because the picture's. Yeah. So I always know that I have a timing to write to, which can help determine tempo, mood, orchestration, melody, all that stuff that we musician geeks can 
relate to, right? Yeah, well, the music sets, sets the emotion, it sets the tempo of the whole movie. And if the music is, eh, oftentimes I feel movies kind of go floppy. Whereas well, remember, we're, we're in a two-dimensional medium with, and we've got, a, we've got a screen that's flat. You know, if you go to a play, you're surrounded by people and they're walking towards you and walking away from you. But, you know, with, with movies, it's a flat screen. So what music does, one of the things it does is, is it adds dimension. It adds, it adds that three-dimensional sound. You know, it adds, you're being surrounded by sound. So, you know, you take music out of a movie, it looks like a, in a lot of cases, it'll look like a badly edited, edited student film. And you put, you know, you put music in, it's, char it's a character in the movie, just like an actor is a character. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, yeah. that's my problem with right now with us opera singers singing in this medium. I find it two-dimensional and I find opera is three-dimensional and it has to have that, that whoosh of sound come around you. And I just don't feel that it's the same. Okay, it can replace it for a while, but having that voice hit you or the, the orchestra sound hit you. Right. Plus the sound quality is meh. And we know what the sound quality like is what, you know, when you're in person and the overtones and, uh, you know, just there's all of that human dimension that we, you just never, you're not going to get unless you're doing it live. It's going to be so exciting when this comes back because people are going to be so stoked yes. to do something live. And I think it's going to, you know, if we can survive, yeah. if the musicians can survive, I just can't oh even. Oh, my gosh. Imagine. I mean, you talk about flying. I'm going to Spain on Saturday. Really? How are you pulling that off? Uh, I'm in I'm in Canada, so we can go. Ah. We're, not on the, we're not on the restricted flying, but when I come back, I have to quarantine for two weeks. Ah, okay, fair enough. I'll let you know. I'm a citizen of Italy, so okay. I can go to Italy right now. Wow, that's impressive. But I'm not sure. I, I, would, I would love to go, um, but yeah, but Americans can't. No. Yeah, I know. So are you having a lot of musicians contact you and just say, hey, do you have any work? Or, I mean, because people are hurting right now? Um, not really. I see it on Facebook and socials, but not, you know, appealing to me. But, like, I just hired, a, for the same project, we just recorded French horns and flutes remote. And they were very happy to hear from me. Okay, yeah. So, okay. I mean, you know, and I did a, I just did an album at the beginning of COVID, I decided to do an album for my library of sort of vintage 1930s, 40s, and 50s um, songs. Yeah. My catalog, because they licensed them a lot in film and TV. And it's mm -hmm. funny, the, the theme of the songs was hopeful and drinking songs. <laughs> so I have like... Which are very important right now. It's, yeah. It's closing time, you know, closing time kind of songs. Yeah. And there's, there, was, there was songs about, you know, the bonds you get when you have a glass of wine with someone. Yeah, songs about keep hope alive and stuff like that. Right. Like, oh, that's interesting. Lyrically, I am definitely uh, right. Exactly. I'm definitely lyrically uh, matching what's going on uh, in the world. You know. And yeah. So it was from the heart. I love that. Where did you get your musical inspiration from? I know that you were classically trained, but to move into this genre, I, it's different. It is. Um, well, I fell I fell in love with film music when I was in my teens. You know, John Williams, Ennio Morricone. And it's funny, I've gotten to know John Williams and I, I talk to him all the time, which is so cool. That he, is super cool. Yeah. He I is listened to some of your music and I, that's exactly what I thought. I thought, wow, that sounds a lot like Morricone. Yeah, and Morricone, I mean, we, we just lost him. Um, you know, and I did, a, I did a documentary, I directed and produced a documentary called Requiem for My Mother. Mm -hmm. When my mother died in 06, I wrote a Requiem in her honor and it was premiered in Carnegie Hall with 175 singers and 60 kids and 50 orchestras. Pretty cool, pretty massive cool. kind of project. And then that orchestra and the woman who conducted it, Candace Wiki, was invited by the Musica Sacra Festival to premiere, to do a premiere there. And then she invited me <clears throat> to join. And that's how the whole film happened. In so Rome, that, where they filmed it in Rome. Rome. Yeah, so I hired a camera crew. They followed us over there. Okay. And then, you know, 180 Americans flew over with their families. My whole family came. And, um, and for people watching this, it's a PBS documentary. Like, you can still yeah. watch it. Um, it's, not on, it's not anywhere now. The only way you could watch it now is to order a DVD. But I'm going to okay. do something about putting it on, up on a streamer. Okay. Um, but yes. But anyway, um, 
part of one of the scenes from the film, I can send you the link for it, is we actually recorded the voices. So we recorded the album for Requiem in Rome when everybody was together, right? Oh. And the studio we recorded in is the studio that Morricone built. It's his studio. And I actually worked with his crew. Awesome. His guys. Wow. And so they're all Italian. So here's the thing I learned is if you say, um, like I was producing in the booth, you can see the film of me in the booth and the, there's like an orchestra guy in the booth and then everybody, there's 180 singers out on, in Candace out on the, mm -hmm. you know, with everybody has headphones on because the orchestra recorded in Prague, which is another story. So um, if I go like this, you know, we all go, that's a great take. If you yeah. do that in Italy, that means you're an a-hole. Yes. <laughs> right? I, I did this for the take. And if you do that in Italy, that means up yours. Mm -hmm. So that was my intro to all that. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? So that's hysterical. And then the cool right. thing is I just, I just recorded a score last fall for my new documentary called Syndrome K right. that I also directed and produced. And I also scored it. And I had a friend of mine conducted the orchestra in Rome and a couple of the guys, the technical guys, Pro Tools operator mm -hmm. were on my session in 2008 in Morricone's place. So they were Morricone's guys again. So they're like, hey, Gabrielle, how's it going? That's awesome. Great. <laughs> Great. Okay. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> um, I really wanted to, we both did, really wanted to talk to you about, about the Requiem, but also about Project K, because that was eye-opening and super cool. And do you want to tell everyone about that? Yeah. So Syndrome K is um, a documentary I'm, I just finished. Uh, it's, a, it's a World War II story about the Nazi occupation of Rome. Mm -hmm. And um, I found out about the story. Three doctors in a Catholic hospital made up a fake disease that saved Roman Jews from deportation to Auschwitz. It's a true story. And so I saw a friend of mine posted, a couple of musician friends of mine posted like a little meme on Facebook about it. I go, wow, that's a, such a cool story. And coincidentally, my first doc was also shot in Vatican City. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. And I'm a citizen of Italy. Yeah. I said, I got to go see this documentary. This is the coolest story I've ever seen. So I went to Amazon, I went to Hulu. I went to all the streamers searching for the doc and I couldn't find it. I said, you can't be serious. Nobody's made this film. How is that possible? Yeah. You know, and you have in your lifetime, you have a few of those aha moments, like those moments where we said, you know what, I'm going to be a musician or I'm going to yeah. marry this person or <laughs> my child is, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I, I said, this just thing just fell in my lap. And so I just, you know, my this is all in a span of a few minutes. You know, you're just, your brain is just racing, racing, racing. So one of the doctors died in 1961. He was born in the 1880s, 1890s. The other doctor, the second doctor passed away around 2000. Um, and the other doctor, I couldn't find a death notice on him, like a, like a obit or anything. And he was born in the 20s, born in 21. And so I looked around, looked around, and then I look and I find him. He's online. He's still alive, living in Rome, 98 years old. Wow. This is back in... April of 18. Okay. Right. And so I booked the next flight and hired a Roman, a Roman Jew journalist who was really connected with the Jewish community, flew over, sat him down and interviewed him. He's 98 years old, Dr. Ozzacini, full of piss and vinegar, <laughs> you know, tortured by the Gestapo, member of parliament, um, worked at this hospital, Fatih Bene Fratelli, for years and years, and his daughter. So he lives in this compound in the hills above Rome. And if you look on, the, um, on his doorbell, it's him and all four of his kids live in the compound and all of the families live together. Whoa. Oh. Cool. Okay. So I had to go into his house and interview him. He was like, like li literally meeting a true life, living, breathing, bonafide hero. You know? Why was this story never told before? Why did we never- I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I think part of it is humility. These guys just didn't want to crow about it. Gotcha. Well, somebody needs to make a movie. Have, has anybody said we're going to do it yet? Well, the, the doc is finished. The doc, documentary is finished. finished. Yeah. And now we've got a script that we're shopping. We just started to shop a feature film script because okay. it's, it's actually almost more compelling of a Hollywood movie than it is as a doc. The doc's compelling, but the, the movie, yeah. Yeah. It's a great Hollywood movie. I mean, that would be amazing. Yeah, have you been to Rome? Because if, if you go to Rome, um, you know where the Jewish ghetto is, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then um, it's still that way right now, and there's great food, and, you know, have the, have the uh, 
the the uh, the asparagus, the baked asparagus, which is like three three years three months a year in season. Yeah. But then if you look right across the Tiber, two hundred meters from the Great Synagogue of Rome is Fatih Ben Fratelli Hospital. It's on what's called yeah. Tiber Island. Mm -hmm. And so when the Nazis came and raided, some of these Jews just went across the bridge and asked for refuge in the hospital and they hid them there and they changed their names and gave them fake papers and fake IDs. It's just crazy. Yeah. The stuff they did was just, it's crazy. I mean, they took the whole host, the whole entire staff of the hospital's lives into their own hands. So you have the SS in Rome. Ah, right. We don't need me to, you don't need me to tell you about what those guys were capable of. So. I think, and what you're doing, I think is such an honorary thing for them, you know? For yeah. All. And it is also, you know, one of the things that really inspired me was there was, you know, if you look on Yahoo about a year ago, they talk about the, uh, amount of high school kids that actually know about the Holocaust. And, you know, the number is shocking. It's like 25% I've ever heard of it. Yeah. And I was like, come on. Or don't think it ever like, happened. Yeah, there's that too. You know, oh, the culture yeah. of, so I've got the people, the witnesses telling me firsthand on camera. Love so it. It's like, okay, look, you know, here it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll give it to you right here. And if you want to make up stuff, knock yourself out. Knock yourself out. Uh, yeah. But I am a, a living, breathing witness to living, breathing people that are telling me that it happened to them. So um, it's, you know, it's the never forget conversation. And if I can be a little contrib contributor to that. And interestingly, what who really embraced this thing, even though we haven't released it yet, is the Jewish film festivals. Cool. So I get an email a week from, you know, the Boca Raton Jewish Film Festival, the yeah. Calgary, Alberta Jewish Film Festival. We did, we played Toronto. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, we played the Toronto Jewish Film Festival just a couple weeks ago. So, and now we're doing all, you know, Australia, we're, we're Sao Paulo, Brazil, we're going worldwide with it. Nice. Has it been in the Jewish Museum out there in LA? Yeah, we just did it like two weeks ago, That's the Holocaust great. Museum. They did a screening of three movies. They did Life is Beautiful, The Gardens of the Finzi Contini, which is a famous movie from the 50s, mm -hmm. my film, and there might've been one more, and we did a Q&A, a Zoom Q&A, and it's it really interesting stuff. Awesome. We had the mayor of Rome on with us. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah. when are you going to write an opera? Oh, I would love that. Um, the, I mean, the closest I've gotten to, I mean, I've done, I've done a mass. I did a mass called the Ave Maria Mass. I've done Requiem. I've done, um, you know, I've dabbled in some opera stuff when I had to re-record things for movies. Mm -hmm. And I, I love being around the music. Um, I just don't get to do it enough. You know, it's just, it's a certain, it's such its own field. You know, it's like a, it's like being a brain surgeon, you know, you don't ask a heart surgeon to do brain surgery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, yeah. That's true. That's when people ask me to sing pop music. I said, it's kind of like the difference between a long distance runner and a sprinter. Mm -hmm. We both do the same thing, but they're completely different. And you wouldn't have a sprinter try to run a marathon because they probably wouldn't even place. Right. They wouldn't, they just wouldn't happen. Mm. It's yeah. such a specialty, you know? Yeah. Cool. in a big world what else do we want to ask carrie well um we had a couple things about in our world we have managers or agents however you want to talk they manage our careers and book the jobs and all that kind of stuff do you have the same thing do you have somebody that manages you or several yeah. different managers yes um the answer the simple answer is yes several so for my publishing catalog i have 20 people um, in different territories all around the world. So I have, a, I have a rep in South Africa, I have a different one in Spain, a different one in UK, a different one in France. So every territory has individual companies that sell my wares and then they report back to me every quarter. Okay. And I have someone in the US doing that as well. So, um, and then MVibe also represents some of my music. So I'm absolutely actually representing myself. Okay. I suppose it would be a conflict of interest, but it kind <laughs> of is because, you know, we're providing a service and if they want, Tyrolean bagpipe music, they don't want to hear a big band version of, you know, Deck the Halls, right? So it's something really specific that they're asking for. Gotcha. Um, so that, and then there also, there also is a whole um, network of agents that represent film composers. So there's two or three big agencies that have over a hundred clients each. Okay. And then the majors, you know, the CAAs and the, um, you know, the, the big marquee talent agencies have film composer um, divisions. But the two biggest ones are independent. They're, they're not at all um, 
the one that represents me is called Gorfain Schwartz and they represented, they represent John Williams and okay. they had, you know, James Newton Howard, they had James Horner, Hans Zimmer, a lot of the big film composers, a lot of big TV composers were there. Wow. So, okay. So you said that you've had conversations with John Williams, correct? Also, yeah. If you look at the, um, at the scope of John Williams work going back to the fifties, mm-hmm. um, I mean, he's written 22 hours of music just for Star Wars. Yeah. And all, all of nine Beethoven symphonies are less than seven hours. You know, so if you just look at the volume of music he's written. Yeah. It is. He's amazing. It's amazing. Short of astonishing. And, you know, I mean, I talk to him all the time. And what I get from him is just his sense of he's a worker. You know, he, his work ethic, I mean, he's wildly talented, you know, and that's all there. And his, his gift of melody. I mean, if you, you know, we could sit there and there's probably 10 or 12 tunes that you know. Yeah. You're a musician, so you don't quite count, but you know, just the general public knows, you sure. know? Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, turn on a football game. I mean, NBC News theme. I mean, it is, it is so ubiquitous. Olympics. Did he do the Olympics? He did. Not, da, 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 yeah. that's not him, yeah. uh, but the other one. That and you know, that. NBC News theme. Da 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 da. Kaching. Yeah. <laughs> he's such a cool guy, though. He seems yeah. he loves what he does, and he's passionate about it, and it shows. Yeah, yeah he is. He is, um, the humble to a fault. Mm. He's one of the most humble people I've ever talked to, and he is the most famous. Comp- I, I would argue he's the most famous composer that ever lived ever think about it yeah mozart bach mozart was a, mozart okay so verity was famous but yeah. how famous was he when he was alive really well I mean, that, okay well yeah okay i agree with you on that true yeah. you know was um yeah because a million people went to verity's funeral right isn't that the isn't that the sort of in italy right but what about in france like Mm-mm. he's famous i mean you know I'm yeah, not taking yeah. away from the guy, but, you know, I mean, like, you know, when you have film and you have that exposure that he gets and the, um, just how it gets to every corner of the globe, it's, it's hard to imagine. Yeah, you think Morricone too, but not, not nearly as much. Right. Yeah, I mean, hmm. to a level, Morricone, I mean, I, I adore Morricone's music crazily. I mean, I really do, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty hard to like, think about Harry Potter, all that, that whole series, mm-hmm. Jurassic Park, yes. um, you know, all the Star Wars. My favorite I mean, piece in, in any movie and nothing against you, nothing against John Williams, but is from the movie, The Mission mm. with Morricone, Gabriella Zobo. Or Gabriel Zobo. Without oh, yeah. that piece, that, that movie, I mean, it was a powerful movie, but with the music, it was just... I've got chills just thinking about it, but have you listened to The Falls lately? The Falls is one of the other cues from that movie. I and have the whole... Girl, I have the, the whole piece, It's just astonishing. It's astonishingly yeah, it's like great. a standalone opera, almost, or a symphony. It's, and, you know, only a Roman could have written that piece of music, I think. It's true. Yeah. But it, it just goes to prove, circling back, how music is so powerful. In, in television, in film, yeah. in our daily lives, you know? And, oh, and sure. I think we forget how much we hear it. Mm-hmm. The Even- Good, Bad, and Ugly, there's another super iconic one. And there's a piece that's being used in the beer commercials right now. I don't even know what movie it's from. I never saw the movie, okay. but yeah. no, iconic. No, it's really cool. It's really cool your life and your career and what you've done with it and um, and where you started and how you ended up where you are. And I just find it fascinating and I love what you've done and I love your projects. And and thank you so much for doing this and talking with us because there's a lot of people that, that don't know or understand what the music is behind what what we watch every day, all day long, lately. So, <laughs> yeah. and what do you, are you guys finding? What Where's your audience? Are, are they fellow singers? Are they like... We feel like, I think it's kind of all over, all over yeah. the board. Mm-hmm. It's completely even between men and male and female. But the next 
largest group of followers is around 25 to 30. Yeah. So that's, that's the group that we really wanted to touch and impress, you know, and, and bring into the classical music world because they are the ones that are the future audiences and the future of, of our business. And, oh, and sure. also, you know, I mean, everybody goes to movies or watches movies and they can't go to them yet. Sorry. But what a great idea for somebody that's in music right now, go, you know, even like, like your daughter entering freshman year wondering, should I still keep doing this as a career? And yeah, actually you should because music is, will and always be around. And yep. maybe it's just in a different path than what you thought it was going to be. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. And you there's, there's still, they still need people to create great music. There's, that's not going to, the way they go about it and how you get paid to do it is going to continue to change. Yes. And it's not necessarily good news, but there's always opportunities. Always, always, always. Do you get paid like we do, or do you get royalties? I I get paid. Most of my income comes from royalties. Okay. Ninety percent. Yeah. Wow. So and if, I get fees too for doing things. You know, the, just a straight fee for my time. Like this this Nashville thing, I just get paid a fee because I'm not I'm not the writer. I'm okay. the conductor and the and the arranger, um, and I'm also the pianist on it. Um, and did a lot of wrangling and stuff like that, but um, it's not. So my royalties music. is the big thing for you. Royalties is the right. name of the game for me. Yep. Well, you make me want to go run out and um, do a Christmas album in my operatic voice, in my jazz voice, in my pop voice. I mean, let's just put voice. it out there. What? Want to hear the Disney princess voice? And the Disney princess voice, yes, because we can. I grew up in Florida, so we can do that too. <laughs> oh God bless you. Yeah. That's, that's the spot for that. We should. You are. You can hear it. She's really good. Oh, it's it. so fun. I mean, the, yeah, I want, yeah, my, my dad always gave me a hard time. He's like, you know, if that opera thing doesn't work out, you can always come back and sing at Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Having it's done open. many shows there. Disney's uh, yeah. open, Gary. Disney's yeah. open. Yeah. Crazy. Social distance. Okay. Right. Do you mind if we ask you a couple like fun rapid fire questions? Yeah. Yeah. Go. Okay, cool. What is the most useless talent that you have? Um, useless talent. Mm. Memorizing phone numbers. All right. Okay. Best piece of advice you were ever given? Be your own producer. Ooh. I like that. A good one. I like that. What's the strangest thing you know too much about? <sighs> strangest thing. I know too much about. Probably Steinways. Okay. <laughs> you know, the history of Steinway and pianos, and it's kind of geeky. So yeah, it's probably. Yeah, it's cool. I get it. Yeah. Um, do you have a song that always gets stuck in your head? Yes. Oh, it depends on what day it is. Oh, oh okay. Do you have one today? Stuck there now? Well, now it's the Morricone thing because we were just talking about that. So oh, okay. <laughs> there's always something playing in my head. I'm a little bit like that all the time. There's always, the jukebox does not shut off ever. Okay. Ever. Um, including when I'm like at nighttime going. There's, there's tunes pretty much ever present. Plus I play piano a lot. So then whatever was Goldberg Variations or whatever was the last thing is the thing that, or this album, like my friend's album is, those tunes are earwigs right now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Up all the time all the time all the time constant guilty pleasure uh golf mm. okay uh a sound or noise that you love uh the sound my daughters make when they laugh hysterically <laughs> and what profession other than your own would you like to attempt would i attempt or would like to or would, would or in a perfect world? Um, being a psychotherapist. Ooh. I find that interesting because, you know, we work with musicians and we're all nuts. I mean, all oh, of us are whack, crazy. Whack job, whack-a-doodle out of our freaking gourd. Yeah. I think every voice teacher and every voice coach out there has to have some psychotherapy degree. <laughs> no, you're not getting very far. <laughs> because so much of your what you do is it's your voice it's it's you're carrying it around with you you know and it's, it's emotional it's emotional it's like how can you turn that off it's been rough man I've dated, five I've months. Dated a few singers i've dated a few singers so 
Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I live to tell the tale. But it's the most dangerous part is if you try to accompany them, as, as in accompany them. Oh, which no, 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 yeah. no. no. And worry. then you go home and have a domestic, yeah. Yeah, or, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, it's it is it is crossing the line without inte without intending to have crossed the line. But I've done it, and I live to tell the tale. So here I am. True. I call my 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 accompanist, my pianist, and voice coach. He's my other husband. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. You know what? It doesn't. <laughs> it's, it's a relationship. You know. Okay, if you, two more questions. If you cuss, what's your favorite cuss word? Uh, oh, fuck. Nice. Yeah. Love it. I love saying that oh, word. Okay, we're never okay. going to PG rated. <laughs> this is never going to be a PG on Apple TV because it's never PG rated. Okay, <laughs> okay last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gate? Why are you here so early? Yes. <laughs> yes, we say yay. And then, you know, as I talked to John Williams, who's eight, who's 88 years old, and I saw him yesterday walking the golf course and playing golf with his daughter. Nice. And then he goes home and writes music. I mean, that's what, what else do you want? I keep your mind active. I think, you know, if you stay active and you keep your mind active and you're passionate about what you do. And how sharp he is, is just, scared you wonder why he's so successful and then he talks about a recording he did in 1955 and who was on it Amazing. like we interviewed billy friedkin william friedkin the director yeah and he's 84 and i'm telling you that guy he is sharp and it's because i think you know if you keep it going and you keep your mind active use it or lose it age is a number bingo sure it is. we're gonna leave it on that now aren't yep. we? we are thank yes, you so much for your time thank you so much thanks for having me Absolutely. Let's do it again. Let's check it in a year and see how we're all doing. I'd love that. Sounds right. great. Hopefully Perfect. in person. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Be well. Would. Good luck with the Christmas season. Thank you. Back at you guys. All right. Take care. Bye. 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 Bye.